This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's Speroni. Rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose. A space on the right. Good turn. He crosses into Johnson. Oh, yes. Back of the nest. Welcome to Back of the Nest. I am Chris Hambling, and today I'm joined by a smaller panel than usual because of minor issues. But the first is the legend, the one and only Mr. Nicholas Gillard. Back of the nest. I can't believe we're here, mate. How you doing? I'm all right, yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. Only, only really angrily insulted you about four or five times in the pre-show, didn't I? That's less than usual. Exactly. So everything is looking up, isn't it? Yes. We've got a debut today as well from another Chris. It's Chris Clark. Hello. Hello, Chris. Um, I suppose we better take a little bit of time for you to tell us about yourself. Who are you? Right, uh, I'm 38 years old. I'm a Palace fan of old. Um, I went, you always ask about the first game, don't you? So I, I checked. Um, and my first game was in 91. It was Boxing Day. It was um, Palace against Wim- Wimbledon. Um, it was a one-all draw. Marco Gabbiadini scored, um, a rare occasion in that respect. Um, and I remember hearing Palace fans singing a homophobic song on the way back, which is a happy memory, not... Yeah, yeah, those are very different days, weren't they? Fortunately, not it, completely different. Not we so still different. Get some, no. you know, still get some bad stuff these days, but hopefully, you know, that's on the way out. Uh, indeed, but yeah, interesting. We're uh, we're similar age. I'm quite happy that you're slightly older than me. I'm, I will be 38 in a in a week and a bit. I think. Uh, what what look at what date it is today? In 12 days, I will be 38. So there we go. One more thing for you. Um, the reason I discovered this show in the first case was because I was in the club shop a few years back and someone was calling across to me, Chris, and someone else who I'd never met before came up to me and said, are you Hambo? And I had <laughs> no idea who Hambo was. What? Um, yeah, well, at the time, I didn't <laughs> believe it or not, I didn't listen to this wonderful show. Um, so, yeah, this, this random person came up to me, asked me if I was Hambo. I, I, I embarrassed myself by 
demonstrating that I didn't know who Hambo was. Um, and then they told me that I sounded exactly like you, which is now for the audience to judge. Interesting. Well, you don't have my sinusitis, so you're, you're all right there at the moment. You win some, you lose some. Exactly. I'm hoping that might clear up this year. <laughs> Nick, you've got your hand up. Marco Gabbiadini. So you've seen about a quarter of the games I have then, probably. So it's... Um, he, he wasn't there for long, was he, Gabbiadini? But no. to hear somebody say he was the first star that I remember just makes me feel really old. <laughs> really old. Well, I don't, think, I don't think Chris used the word star, and he was correct not to use that word as well. I suppose so, uh, yeah. It's a troubling time, wasn't it? Replacing Ian Wright with Marco Gabbiadini. He wasn't was very Italian, upset, was he? Still, you know, he played some decent football before and after joining Palace. So, you know, there's a, something there. <laughs> he was, you know, he was clearly all right. He was a, he's more of a lower league striker, wasn't he? I think he was, I don't know, we just probably, you know, we paid a a, a fair sum for him. And I, don't, I think he's the one who, I don't even think Coppola had actually seen him play other than videos or something. There was some story around that, wasn't there? So. To, to be honest, whoever you're going to bring in after Wright and Bright, it's... Um... It's not going to going to please the fans as much as the, those aforementioned would, would it? It's always no, going to be a bit like, of a downer. Uh, it's, like, it's like for whoever whoever has to replace Julian Speroni. Maybe there's a, a, a modern day version of that you could think of. Yeah. Anyway, um, so it won't be a particularly long podcast today. It's more uh, trying stuff out again, just uh, again playing with the software, seeing different people's setups uh, and that kind of stuff. There's not a huge amount of news. Obviously, World Cup's going on at the moment at the time of recording. Uh, Germany have just lost to Mexico, which is uh, an interesting thing. And we'll have a little chat about the World Cup and the fact that England are playing tomorrow, probably today as you hear this. Uh, but um, I want to start, if if I may, with something that we talked about in our, our previous podcast. and We were kind of talking around some rumours and all that kind of stuff that uh, we may or may not have heard. Um, and that seems to have sort of come out in the uh, in the press this week, which was a potential bid for Andros Townsend and um, also the potential loan signing of, of Tammy Abraham. So uh, let's get some reactions from you, gents. On first of all, uh, I think let's, let's go back to what Terence was saying last time out, which was you know there's a strong chance that if we want to do any real squad building, that we might have to sell first. And you're looking at hopefully you're looking at underperforming uh, sort of squad players that you can sell and, and recoup some cash on, but. Uh, Chris, I'm going to start with you. The, the reality is if you're trying to get some money together to, to build a squad, because, you know, ultimately you've got to try and generate some cash if, if your wage bill is in the 100 million area, um, like ours is. Uh, you're really only going to be selling people that the people want, which is realistically going to be people you don't want to sell, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, it, and it, this is one of the difficulties. I mean, I'm looking at people like um, Andros Townsend and thinking, I, I cannot understand why we would even be considering selling him. I understand the point that, you know, end product wise, we had this discussion about Yannick Balassi over many years, didn't we? That, you know, he was very exciting to watch, but, you know, that there wasn't the, the final shot and the final ball. And he does do that frustrating thing of cutting inside, but he's also the engine of the team. And certainly, you know, this year he's demonstrated huge versatility. So I personally, I, I just don't think that we're going to be able, if even if we do let him move on, I don't think we're going to be able to replace like for like. I, th- I think that's a backwards move if we do decide to shift Andros on. So, uh, Nick, similar views? I mean, obviously... 
sort of thinking ahead, if, if you look at some of the players being talked about, you know, we've been linked with people like, I don't know, Jack Wilshire was one we were linked with. Um, there's a couple of sort of central defenders from France, that kind of stuff that we'll get into a bit later. But realistically, is is keeping Andrus better than any signing we could make? Because re- that might well be the choice that the club have to make. You could go with a better the devil you know argument, couldn't you? And and the fact that I've heard that Andros doesn't really want to leave. I know we've had other players that don't want to leave, but have had to go for the cause. But unless we can get somebody in who's potentially better in the position he's in, or whether Roy's got somebody somebody else lined up for that position, I don't know. But but we do need his energy, and we do need somebody like Andros to almost double up on one side with Wilf if, if Wilf is playing in a, a wingy position. And I, I thought they worked well together like that, and it's it's just having that counterfoil. Whether somebody like Shakiri would be a replacement, I don't know. I think for me, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, I, I like Andros, but at the start of the season, I was a little bit fed up with him um, because he because he wasn't having as much of an impact as I felt he should. But as the season went on, and again, it wasn't so much the end product; it was just the 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 energy and how he played alongside Wilf as a, as a striker. Industriousness is the <clears> word I would use there, Chris. Industriousness, good good work. So, um, but I also look at it and say a lot of the matches where we were at our best, we were actually playing, you know, a four four two with with Andros actually playing as a striker. So is Andros the best striker we could get? Uh who to to play that role alongside Wilf? No, probably not. We could probably get a better player to play that particular role. Uh, but if you're talking about Andros's natural role, then obviously it's a, it's a bit of a different story, isn't it? But it's interesting because it's all about what Roy and, and the coaching staff want to do with the squad. For me, that, that, that's the main thing. If <clears throat> excuse me, if selling Andros Townsend for 25 million or whatever it is is a decent enough way of of you know getting players that that fit the positions that we want them to play, then then I, I, I can see the logic in doing it. But I know people. You know, I've been reading the message boards and I've been on social media, and it's all talking about who we should be signing. And and people seem to think that there's this big pot of money where we can go and bid, you know, twenty five, thirty million pound for players without actually selling in the in the first case. And I think people have really got to sort of put their realism hats on if you've got such a thing. If you haven't, get one, um, because I think we're. You know, we're not we're not going to sign, have one massive marquee signing without that trying to recover some funds from somewhere. Go on, Nick. Yeah, um, I completely forgot about Bakary Sacco as well. He's been played up front and played on the wings, so I don't know whether Mr. Hodgson thinks that Bakary could fill a void left by Mr. Townsend, or if indeed Bakary's staying or going. It's there's, there's so many things still up in the air with the Benteke. What's he doing? Um, PVA. Is he going to go to Juventus? That's another mad rumour I've seen in the papers. It's it's just, until we know everything else that's going to happen, it's very difficult to make a call. Uh, go on, Chris, jump in there. Yeah, and building on that, I mean, if PVA does go, then Schlupp has to play at left-back. But if he doesn't, then Schlupp is the cover for left-wing at the moment. And actually, he's looked really good when he has played in that position. So he is an option in that position. And therefore, you could, if we are going to play with wingers, then you could get rid of Townsend if you're going to get a decent striker in. But then you've got no cover at left-wing. So it's it's a real, really difficult balance that the club are going to have to strike over the next well couple of months, isn't it? Well, yeah, absolutely. And the main thing, of course, is if you're going to sell 
one of your first team players that you cannot sort of replace them with fringe players. So, and, I, and I mean that with the greatest respect of the likes of Jeff Schlupp and, and Bakary Sacco if he signs a new deal. Because um, that's how fans will view it. They will, they will look at it as us weakening our squad. Whereas if you're going to take the money for either PVA or for, for Townsend, and we'll talk PVA in a bit more detail in a sec, then you know, you've got to be very, very sure of your ground because you know, you quite quickly you can you can turn an optimistic fan base from the way we finished last season into into people you know, genuinely being angry at the club and you're and you'll be in a position where you're in at the start of last year where no one believes in the direction we're going and you've got a, a fight on your hands to win the fans round and that seems to read into a fight on your hands on, on the pitch as well to actually gain results so <laughs> you, it, it, you know you're catastrophizing uh, already we're 10 minutes in well, well I am <laughs> Pay on, I am you know what I mean but that's how people will view it and I'm just saying but, but that's what I'm saying that's what people are doing now if you view speculation so people you know we were linked with Glenn Johnson the other day and people were treating it like we'd signed Glenn Johnson, made him captain and we were only playing him in the team. You know, people were really, really angry about well, it. Shoelaces tied together. Think, yeah, exactly. But I do think you've got to, you've got to have all that in your mind when you're making these decisions. And, I, and I'm sure the club will. And I really hope that uh, if, you know, if a, if a tough choice like that is made and someone go, puts a, a decent enough bid in to convince us to sell Andrews Townsend, that we wait, before we say a word until we've actually got uh, you know a strong replacement in um, and let that happen at the same time otherwise you know my word things could uh, could turn pretty quickly but uh, all right let's talk about uh, PVA as well again at the start of the season particularly around the Bristol City time if someone had said to me you know Juve are going to come in and play and pay 25 million quid for him um, after I'd finished laughing I would have uh, I would have said you know absolutely but you know, Jeff Schlupp had that role in the team and, and was very, very good in that position. But the PVA that finished the season was a was a goal machine and, and you know, contributed brilliantly at both ends of the pitch. And now I almost don't consider Jeffrey Schlupp to be a, a you know, a, an acceptable replacement. He was that good. Uh, you know, Chris, your, your views on that potential situation well, I, developing there. I wouldn't want to stand in PVA's way if he gets such an amazing opportunity if it's the right money. Um you know I mean I'd I'll be gutted if he goes based on the way that he finished that this season but you were saying earlier on rightly that you know ultimately we're going to have to move on first team players if we want to get upgrades in other areas and for me that might be the one where the trade is right if someone's willing to pay silly money for someone who's whose form is so patchy, albeit that he finished brilliantly this season, he could start next season the way he did this season. And then where will we be? With with PVA, though, and, and the other players that are coming good, it could be Roy that's the reason they're becoming good. And actually, they go back to, under another manager who, who doesn't know how to deal with PVA like Roy's learned to. be a flop move. Yeah. Yeah, at least, you know, again... It, it's very hard not to get too carried away with the speculation, isn't it? But I mean, for, for me, that's that's an probably an easier one than, than Townsend. But I don't want either of them. You know, again, I want to see our, our fringe players moved on and us to sort of get the income from that. It's just very difficult to do that. Uh, you know, and that means signing players very very late in the day, which obviously people hate. Um, so let's let's go to a, a rumor of an incoming which is uh, picking up pace, which is Tammy Abraham 
as a striker. Obviously on loan at Swansea last year, started very, very well, but uh, sort of faded and was a, was a sub towards the end of the season, uh, even though they were relegated. Um, season before, played at Bristol City, scored over, 20, I think it was 25 goals he scored in the championship at the age of 19. So clearly a good player, but we've, we've seen that before with Bamford. Uh, and people will draw parallels there because it is a a Chelsea forward. You know, Chelsea forwards, Remy, not a success. Bamford, one of the worst excuses for a footballer we've ever seen at Palace. Um, <laughs> um, so, obviously, again, you're seeing that level of concern, Nick, from people saying, is it the right thing to do? But you've got to point at what happened with Loftus-Cheek and say, obviously, that's changed things in terms of low knees from Chelsea, in terms of how we've developed them and how they might view Palace as a club that can develop them, particularly with the, the coaching setup we've got now. Uh, gives us a different option up front if we do it. And obviously, people will say it's a signing on the cheap, but it has to be, right? And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, I can completely understand that. And it, I'm looking at his stats here. Five goals in 31 appearances, one in six. It's, it's not really striker form. But then you ask yourself, well, he was with Swansea at the time. And we, we did, some of us still rate Benteke. Um, but you can see why other people won't. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you, know, you, you can do that legit comparison with Benteke and say he's outscored him. Um, I would, I would personally go on record as saying that Tammy Abraham is a better player than Benteke. Though I certainly wouldn't say that. I think I'm still thinking of Benteke's season last season as a as a blip, you know. And if you look at his stats, I think you know there's evidence to it support is, um, that. You know, hopefully comparing yeah. apples with oranges as well. Other than the fact they're just strikers, you know, different types of player. Yeah, they're very different different types of play. You're quite right. And, and I suppose that's the question for you, Chris, you know, can you see him perhaps fitting into the way we play a bit better? Because he is a, he's a bit of a poacher, you know, he's, he can run with the ball. He can create space for himself, but he's a, he's a finisher more than anything. And, um, you know, that, that bit younger, that bit, bit more mobile than Benteke. Does that fit better into the kind of way we've been playing under Roy? I think a poach is exactly what we need. Whether Tammy Abraham is that person, I don't know. I think we need to be looking very carefully at what options there are. Um, and it's going to have to be an unproven young talent if we're going to get someone in on the cheap, which is clearly the intention here. Um, I also think we need to be careful about not blocking up that loan space with the first person who becomes available. So, I mean, I hope that Dougie and the others are really looking through what options there are and in touch with the top teams because we really need to be trying to peel off one of their talents and developing them in the way we did with RLC this year. So hopefully we'll get there. But um, 
I'm not I'm not convinced Tammy Abraham's the player for us, but um based on what you've just said about his you know poaching ability, that's that is what we need. So we need to be looking at that skill set. Absolutely. And the other another forward we're looking at, again, you might view it as a as an Andrews Townsend replacement, is uh Mikel Antonio at West Ham. Um, although apparently we've been quoted twenty million pounds for him. Now, I suppose probably at the start of last season he you know, that's that's the sort of value he was operating at. Uh, you know, got himself into the England squad, was scoring goals. I think there's been both injury and disciplinary issues since then at, at West Ham. Um, but uh, I don't see us being, even if we were to recoup 20 million for St. Andrews Townsend, I don't see us spending it all on Antonio. But again, well, Chris, I'll sort of start with you. He's, he's a player that I've been impressed with pretty much since I saw him playing, I think it was Sheffield Wednesday I first saw him playing against us. I know he was at Forest as well. I can't really recall him playing against us for Forest. He probably did. But I remember him being a real pain when he played uh, played for Sheffield Wednesday. And uh, he's really got, you know, he's come from, from non-league in a similar sort of way that Vardy did, but he's just taken that little bit longer to get up to the Premier League level. But, you know, in terms of what West Ham want for him, you know, is, is it something that would encourage you? Is that a better signing for you than Abraham? Well, I mean, for me, that, that's a like-for-like switch, and we already know what player we've got in Andros Townsend. So I, I, I really am not keen on you know pushing out one of our better players and exchanging it for someone. It's, it's just a like-for-like. Um, I love the fact that um, Antonio has has South London roots. That's that's always nice to see. But you know, you look at the journey he's been on, and also, I mean, I have to say, Chris, I look, I look back to um, the very late stage of the. Um, game against West Ham this season with the the, the late equaliser and that, that was a terrible lack of discipline and I don't think we need a player like that Well maybe maybe, or he was, maybe he was thinking ahead he just thought well, you know <laughs> 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 moved the panel. Sign him up <laughs> so, so if I just do you not, do, a little bit you know. Sorry do you not think he's learned from that though Chris Clark and never do it again because you, you you only learn through mistakes, and I can't see Antonio doing that again at the end of a game. Yeah. You can't say, "Oh, yeah, he does that." Twenty eight, twenty eight. I mean, twenty eight. You don't know that twenty eight in a professional footballer. And maybe he's so scarred by it that he'll you know take the opposite and not be adventurous enough at the end of a game. Now you know you can you can never really calculate with these things, can you? Once someone's made a, a damaging mistake like that, that that could really scar him. Maybe. And the. That's the, the important thing is, you know, you've got a manager around you that supports you because we've seen players make mistakes and when Alan Pardew was their manager, he ruined them for it. Alex McCarthy, who's now a absolutely top performer in Southampton's team, uh, was absolutely hung out to dry by, by a manager. And what I'm getting, what reason I bring that up is that uh, Antonio didn't really get an awful lot of support at West Ham after he, he made that mistake. And you can kind of, uh, kind of see frustration on the day but I think you know moving on from that he uh, he really didn't get support so I don't know they wouldn't let it lie would they Chris they wouldn't you're right Nick they wouldn't let it lie they really wouldn't let it lie and I do know that West Ham fans will be gutted if he comes to us because a lot of them still do rate yeah yeah but I, again I, I think if someone's asking 20 million then ugh, you know that's that's way out of it weirdly today as well the uh, the Zaha to Spurs rumour has cropped back up I think there's been a couple no. of people yeah and they reckon we're cl- we're closing in on a thirty point eight million pound deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've got on Matley at that yeah, one. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it's, I mean, that isn't going to happen, is it? You know, that's that's a. I don't know where that's come from. Hey, look, you know, if 
if someone's trying to force a move, I, I, I know Wilf's agent has, seems to have been desperate to get him into Spurs for quite some time. But, you know, I think the report a couple of weeks back that our asking price is over 70 million quid. Uh, I think that's the realistic value and you're not going to get that from anyone. So, well, you're not going to get that from Spurs. Let's, let's put it that way. Three times as much. I might 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 tell um, Mr. Parrish to consider it, but <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I think any Palace fan would would be placing a, a, a higher value than anything that's that's been quoted in the press. But you know, if, who, know who knows? But I, I I mention it, but I mention it in the sense that it just seems ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous that there's any chance that we would sell for that that amount to to Tottenham. Because again, even if you, that's not that's not like the the Andros discussion or the PVA discussion where you'd be gutted to lose them, but you'd hope you'd re, be able to reinvest that money and end up with a stronger squad. If you sold Wilfred Zaha for thirty point eight million, you know you've just got we just we just have no hope of ever putting a putting a team out next year that gets anywhere near the team we put out this year, and that you know that will turn fans and that will you know that that will be a, a disaster for the club, Nick. From what I hear about the wage structure at Tottenham, he's better off staying here anyway, other than the cut he'd get from the transfer fee. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'd, I'd, again, you, you never know how, what to believe and what not to believe. But I mean, the, the you know the rumor is that Wilf is on the same money as Harry Kane right now, uh, and is off. You know, we're talking to him about another potential increase. Um, there is a suggestion at Spurs that although the base salaries are quite low. They do have a, of various different perks that, if they play well, the team does well. Will bring that salary up to certain levels. But yeah, bottom line is he's not going to earn much more more money, if any more money, at Spurs. You know, it's it's bigger clubs than them that we we need to worry about. And at the moment, we haven't seemingly got any any kind of bid in for Zaha from anyone. Like Let's that. be honest. So, can you see Zaha wanting to run around with a cock on his shirt? Because I can't. <laughs> yeah. Even for money, eh, Nick? Even for money. Um, so there we go. That's a little roundup of the back. There's loads of other little transfer rumours, and they, they were, obviously the transfer window shuts before the start of the season this year. But I think most people realise there'll be a, a lot to do um, after the World Cup finishes. Really, I think that's that's going to hold a fair few things up. Um, I've, no, I've seen a few people moan already. So we, loads of other clubs have announced signings. It's like, yes, yes so have we. <laughs> We've signed the third best goalkeeper in La Liga. We, you know, we're one of the Premier League clubs that have actually made a signing already. Uh, so I'm enjoying that argument. So you know, already this this summer, uh, and you know, they go for the World Cup. Otherwise, I think I'd be really bored of of some of the weird arguments at the moment. Um. All right, let's move on from from a bit of Palace chat. Let's end this uh, short podcast with some World Cup chat. Uh, a couple of highlights from you, Chris. What's been your your favourite of what you've seen so far? Well, I mean, Spain Portugal was a really incredible game, end to end stuff. I frankly don't particularly like either team, um, especially with the egotist that is Ronaldo and the way he cheated for that penalty. Um, but it was it was an incredible game, um, with the, especially with the the very very late free kick. So that that's definitely the highlight. Um, and I'm also gonna seeing as you've asked me first and done me that favour, I'll jump in and say just seeing um, Germany lose their first game is quite funny too. <laughs> yeah, always always amusing. See Germany lose. It was a bit of a surprise as well. Very good uh, performance from Mexico. I read because I was asleep. <laughs> um, but. Uh... 
I thought, yeah, the the, the Spain Portugal game was was tremendous to watch. A uh, fantastic goal from Nacho in that game, which was, I think, when he gets to the end of the World Cup, there's going to be a better goal than that. Then uh, it's going to have to be something incredible because it's just such a clean strike, cutting across the ball, curling it into the bottom corner. Absolutely beautiful. But uh, yeah, tremendous game to watch. And, you know, you can hate Ronaldo as much as you like, but when you see the quality he's got, um, and he's just the nerve for the man as well. He just stands there. You just knew it. The second he stood, stood up, looked at that, you think, we're just waiting for the whistle to go in to put that in the top corner. I thought the keeper stood that little bit too far over, um, but that doesn't take away from what was a, a breathtaking free kick. And you saw when you see one of the angles where it goes past the wall, it's absolutely perfectly placed. It's just literally a ball's width to the side of the head of the last defender. Uh, and he just sticks his head out after the ball's gone past him because it's just, it's, got that pace on it it was just a beautiful moment and he's he's, he's such a quality player you know that arrogance comes from from him being absolutely superb um obviously uh nick your uh your world cup highlights so far i i watched australia france in bed yesterday which was great getting up staying in bed to watch football you know oh, shall i get up for the next game or shall i stay, stay in bed and demand the kids bring me cups of tea and stuff i watched jedi very very closely yesterday and i was so impressed with what a captain's performance he gave from the moment they got out onto the pitch to the moment he kind of had that debrief at the end and you could see he was telling them that they were really good didn't deserve to lose that game but all the time all the time the play was going on with Australia he was telling people where to be what to do are you all right do you need me to come back constantly constantly talking which I don't suppose I'd ever really noticed that much at Palace and I actually missed him a little bit more because of it yeah, yeah I've got that. A few... goal, <laughs> yeah. Which is always good. Uh, and it, it, it hurt when they said Aston Villa's Milo Yedinak is lining up. But then I reminded myself, we don't need Milo because we've got Milo. So. Yeah, exactly. No, it, I thought that as well. It's every time they went Aston Villa's, it's like, I hey, know he's Palace. You know, <laughs> he might play for Villa, but he's still Palace. And and my, my other, it's not really a moment, it's an observation. I drove from Bromley to Essex today. We counted five cars with Union Jacks on. Now, four years ago, there were loads. Why are they disappearing? Uh, because, is it because we haven't got a song out? I'll tell you, Nick, it's probably because of that Brexit, isn't it? I think the, uh, the, the Union Jack's probably illegal now. Sorry. Just, the Union Jack. I'm try, I was trying to be satirical. All of our teams are there, are they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't really know what what point I was making there, but it was the it was the voice and mannerisms of an idiot. So well, I want everybody to get behind us. Come on, England, and, and it's all been a bit low key, I think, other than for Sterling getting loads of grief in the paper. But it it's there's no big We're, big names there to to kind of be the egos. No, I think that's going to be in our favour. Well, I'm hoping it we is. Ain't pl- we ain't we ain't played yet, so you know I, I think it will pick up. Um, but, you know, having a flag in your car doesn't really matter. I think it's all... Well, I'll, I'll see what happens tomorrow. You know, yeah. I, I can't wait. I'm, uh, me and my mates, have, I'm, I'm working from home that day so I can uh, finish a little bit early and get down the pub. Me and my mates have decided to go old school. We're going to go down to the pub. We used to watch the, the games when we were in our late teens, early 20s. We're going to go and see if it's still, you know, still the same old atmosphere. See if we can get drunk and be sick on tables, that kind of stuff like we used to. I imagine I'll probably go home straight after the game and go to sleep. But, uh, it's age, isn't it? Old, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's um, you know, it's it's it's, a, it's always special in the Middle World Cup, and I think I'm just going to try. I'm going to try and get behind it like I used to, and uh, 
you know, we've we got a we got a good team. You know, it's not about individuals really this year. It's about it's about the team and about the way that they're playing. And I've been pretty impressed with how Southgate's put together a system and he's playing players in a system rather than trying to fit a system around certain individuals. I quite like it. I'm not a fan of some of the players that have gone and rumours abound that Jordan Henderson will be picked ahead of Eric Dyer, which I cannot abide by. But uh, you know, not a fan of Henderson at all. But hey, if he's they wear an England shirt, I'm a fan of him. Uh, for this summer so um, you know for me I, th- I think the World Cup so far has been been really good it's uh, you know there's there's been something in every game I think that's uh, that's kind of caught the imagination a couple of late goal, late goals sort of changing stuff sorry I've been drinking wine I'm starting to burp a little bit there, there, there haven't really been any games apart from the first game where you didn't know who was going to win yeah until quite well, near the end which has been good yeah yeah definitely I, I think um was it? I think it was the yeah Iran's late goal. I really, I really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed the absolute insanity of their celebrations. That's how it should be uh, when you when you win a game in the World Cup. It doesn't matter. Did you um, see the thing? I think it was on Twitter and YouTube. Uh, the kids in class from Uruguay yeah. is how you pronounce it because they were chanting. The the government of Uruguay said, right, no lessons when Uruguay are playing. <laughs> yeah. We, it's a decree that you have to have the football match on your interactive whiteboard in the classroom. Yeah, yeah. So they're filming in the classroom. The whole class, Uruguay score. You can see all these classes running out into the playground, <laughs> going really, really, really mental. Yeah. They're just whole unbridled joy of the school. And then they're all running back into the class to see the end of the game. Yeah, they, just, they, just, they didn't know what to do, so they all <laughs> ran into the playground and waved their arms before they back in again. <laughs> no, that was really good, really heartwarming. You know. Actually, credit, credit to my company, uh, SSE. SSE Utility Solutions, to be precise, they've uh, in in our sort of flash new building that we've got that I are working in Reading. They've basically decided that people are going to watch the World Cup no matter what happens. You know, so rather than have people sort of stay at home, they've put a whole bunch of screens in and around the sort of ground floor lobby and the the canteen down there. Just go and watch matches when they're on. And, you know, as long as as long as your boss is all right with it, and you haven't got anything critical to, to do, you can extend your working day if you want, or cover it another day. It's very very. Simple. This will be there on Tuesday watching loose women. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I spent most of my week doing last week. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, you know, I quite like that. It's nice to take. You know, it's a major event. It's only every four years, so why not buy into people's uh, you know desire to watch it rather than have them all pull a sickie on the same day or whatever. It's uh, certainly made managing my team a lot easier. Um, yeah, I've gone rabbiting on for a while there, but uh, so let's, uh, let's let's draw this to a close. We'll go with a bit of AOB. Anything you want to talk about, Nick? Before we end, uh, good debut, Chris Clark. Well done. Enjoyed that. Thank you very much, Nick. <laughs> okay, yeah, good. All right, there's some praise from Nick for you there, Chris. Uh, anything you want to say? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, actually, there is. Um, so the. the... Just a couple of the transfer rumours. We finished that conversation, but I do want to go back to it. We've been linked with a number of Toulouse players, and that is that interests me because there's clearly some substance to that rumour. Which player it is that we're actually following, impossible to say. But you know, there's Christopher Julian, there's um, Alban Laporte, and it's a Diop. Don't know which one it is, but there's clearly something to that. Or either that or Toulouse really want to get rid of several of their players. <laughs> but the other thing to point out about that is that they only just survived relegation themselves in a playoff on the last day. So, you know, why we're looking at players at that level, I'm a little bit concerned about that, unless, you know, Roy knows something we don't, which hopefully he does. 
Well, I think I, I think I'm right in saying that some of our scouts were spotted there, uh, or something like that. It was some sort of thing in the press. I'm sure I remember reading that we had you know we had people there watching players, but. You know, it's like anything. Well, there's three separate reports about different players. So, I mean, I think that's guesswork on their part, yeah. unless, you know... Yeah, I think you're probably right. Unless they've got information we don't have. Well, I think the other thing is, it's very easy to say, you know, that they were a struggling team, so why would we, we be sort of targeting their players? But, you know, if you, if you take a step away from where we, you know, managed to finish in the league, you know, with a, with a really strong finish to the season, people would say, look, last year Palace were a struggling team. But then look at the players... The people could pick from us. We've talked about, yeah, that's we've fair. talked about three ourselves, haven't we? We've talked about Townsend, PVA, uh, and Wilfred Zaha. And there's a, there's a three that are probably grace most teams, isn't there? So you, you do have to look at it a little bit that way. I did notice, Chris, that you were given the opportunity to praise Nick back after he was nice to you, and you chose not to do that. Uh, well, I'm, I've always I've always been a fan of all of the team. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not going to get too unctuous now. No, I'm. Fan of the show and delighted to be on. All right, it still didn't pick you out though, Nick. How do you feel about that? That's all right. I'm part of the furniture. Don't mind. <laughs> all right. Don't mind. I'm I just get... mugging the old one now, aren't I? Really? Just mm. will Nick in. I didn't get praise from either of you. Just thought I'd say that really. Yeah, well, that's because he swore at me 15 times before the show had even started. So if you think I'm going to effing give you any praise, you <laughs> I, I called you the worst word, didn't I? Yes, I did with with feeling as well. It was good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I hadn't long woken up from my uh, unscheduled nap, so I was a bit crabby. Do you schedule naps? Do you think I'm going to have a nap at four? <laughs> I, I genuinely do try to. Yeah, if, if I'm if I'm feeling if I start drifting into nap zone, which uh, we all know what nap zone is, right? It's where you yeah, it's where you're watching TV, but you've just suddenly realised the last five minutes haven't entered your brain, and you've been thinking about. I don't know, do you ever get that? On the M4, driving back from work. Because uh, <laughs> I, I don't scary. really want to put. I, don't, I really don't want to put that out on a, <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> just how, just how my journeys go sometimes. When you've been for ten years now, I've been doing a uh, a commute with two hours each way. I uh, believe me, there's been some very interesting moments. Really, I wonder what happened in the last hour. Because I have no idea why I'm. Yeah. Yeah. Pulling up into your driveway. How did I get here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. really, really disturbing. Okay. All right, let's uh, let's leave that there. We've done ten minutes more than I thought we would. So, uh, obviously, my appreciation, as always, to Marky for producing. But thank you to debutant Chris Clark, and obviously, thank you to Nicholas Gillard, part of the furniture, if he doesn't say so himself. Uh, we'll be having some more experimental podcasts as we go before we launch properly for the season ahead. And don't forget that will include the launch of our fantastically exciting new website. Uh, we've seen previews of it. It's looking very, very nice, but we'll be holding fire on that until it's fully when, ready. When you, when you say experimental, can we kid Terence that you, we've got to do a German language one for our German fans <laughs> and get him to actually record it and say, no, we're well, joking, mate. Absolutely. <laughs> if we yeah. can get Terence to spend, say, 40 minutes of his time talking about <laughs> Palace in German and then never use it, I'm all up for it. Yeah, good idea. Well, whilst we go and put that together, (laughs) thank you very much. (laughs) And we'll be back at some point in the very near future. Thank you. Bye now. This is how you remind me. This is how you remind me.
This is how you remind me. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.